0: to average joe's podcast uh i'm here in chicago i am zygmast maloney director of officiating for the ncda i'm joined with
1: i'm uh mario romanelli uh, former captain player of the paul dodgeball and right now i'm in long island new york
0: nice uh mario is home for the break i assume
1: yeah uh, yes and yeah. seeing if there are any new schools here in new york that want the NCDA. So far, none.
0: But, That'd be great. Oh, it never stop recruiting. That's what I always say. All right, so we got uh, a couple of things to talk about today. Basically, nationals, which is coming up. And uh, related to that, some rule policies and the general procedure to start off with. So basically, I just posted a how it's going to happen this year is basically we're going to have for each new submission of policy or rules, we're going to have a website post dedicated to that thing so people can comment on there. And then a thing in the Facebook Captain's Club so people can comment and talk through there too. Um, But anybody can submit a, any member can submit a rule or policy to the league for discussion. And we'll discuss it at the 2016 captains meeting at Nationals. So it'll be fun. Um, I always encourage people to submit full policies because it takes down the work on the executive board. (laughs) Um, Nothing yet, but there will be soon. There'll probably be one from me, one from Felix, uh, a couple other people we're talking about doing new stuff. Dylan? Dylan was talking about new stuff. He'll probably talk about uh, best of set. So like a volleyball best of set. Oh so, um, cool.
1: anything from Wes? I know he has good ideas.
0: He does, but he doesn't like to do the work. Oh. Do He'll just he's oh. a he's a consumer.
1: Well he he Ooh. keeps it simple though. It's like the the rule, one catches two people in. I kinda like that idea, but
0: it was a fun rule. It that was fun. voted down. I think it was voted uh like one fourth of the league liked it <laughs> or maybe two or I don't know. It was like like teams out of 20 out of,
1: out of 20. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would have said that would have been pretty cool because, you know, catches are hard to come by sometimes. So, and if you're the last man in and you make a catch, that's a huge swing.
0: Yeah. And one new rule this year, which is kind of fun that we, uh, That we voted in last year fun and and it's a weird thing to talk about changing rules for for more fun or well dodgeball should be fun but uh the way the mechanics the way it works was uh if you're on the 10 person or if you're on a 10 second shot clock and uh you have five people on the court if you catch a ball it resets the clock your your shot clock which is actually pretty nice and uh when people people don't really realize it yet but uh, when they catch and they reset the shot clock they get a little bit uh, side relief and I think it's kind of a, a nice little mechanic that we put in from last year
1: yeah and I think it's also like another way of because I feel like the whole point of the shot clock is to not have your team stall they basically like to keep the game going yeah. and I feel like if you're catching or going for catches and make a catch, you're showing that you're still involved in the game. You're still playing, so it's a nice yeah. way to kind of reset the shot clock, and then um, then you can like you know take a breath. Like, all right, now I can regroup and throw a ball. Yeah.
0: And it's also like really, really stressful on your body when you're in that when you're on the low team, and uh, it's really hard to come back from that uh, under the old rules. I think right now it's a little bit more fair for the team, but it still puts the pressure on them puts the pressure on them not to eat the clock down. Uh, It does, it's good. I I like the rule. I don't think we should change it, but we'll address that at the captain's meeting. One of the few big changes we made from last year, essentially, Um, there are a couple other stuff, but uh, I like that one the most, some nice involvement. Uh, Well, let's talk about, uh, I don't know, the, the two official policies that have been proposed um, for next year, uh, we'll talk about mine first, which is even numbers on either side to start the play. So uh, this kind of addresses the low numbers section of the rule book, and basically, players on the cart on the court at the start of the point must match the maximum capability of the opponent's roster. So, like, if say a satellite team like Nebraska can only bring 12 people to an event, uh, say that the event's the CDO. DePaul can only play 12 people to Nebraska's max of 12 people. Um, but if, but it, I think it helps, will help teams that are satellite teams like really far away, like Nebraska or North Texas, that when they do come to an event, no matter what, they bring you know 12 or 13 people. They can't just fit that many people in, in two cars, three cars, and it's just too expensive for them to bring a full roster of even 15 people. Also for new teams, too. New teams come out, They we tell people, you just gotta have 10 people to play, and when they, 10 people are playing 15 people in, a, in an induction match, which almost always happens...
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's like getting five quick outs at the start of the game.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a little too too unfair that we're setting that that lower team up for disaster and um i think it'll help new teams i think it'll help grow our organization
1: I i think it will also encourage more teams to travel more um for example like teams that may have trouble getting their full 15 they can say you know what it's okay we still have 12 people or 14 people going you know rather than that team yeah. maybe maybe thinking i don't want to bring 14 or 12 people to you know MSU like we're going to get demolished <laughs> yeah so. i've
0: totally i've totally heard that argument too i've i've heard the argument It's like oh we can only get 12 people to play so we're just not going to come out there so we're going to cancel and like that's, that sucks like you you were you had 12 people to play which is you know allowed under the rule book but you're not coming because you don't want to get smashed against 15 people, that sucks. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I, yeah, I definitely agree. One thing I was gonna ask about, I just have this idea right now is, do you think there should be a rule where no team should play more than three consecutive matches in a tournament? For example, like let's say there's five rounds or whatever at like the CDO or whatever, or, or any event, and a team comes in, they're not allowed to play three times in a row
0: like a mandatory break that is a good policy uh-huh. um i just... don't think it would be rule but like a good policy because um we have to be cautious of concussions um you know all the all the health at health risks of being a collegiate athlete just like uh there was a incident at the michigan dodgeball cup where a kid was had to step out because he couldn't see and it was, he was up, he was just standing there and he got it all blurred and that's could be a sign of concussion. It's, it's better to err on the side of caution than to, to force yourself and to continue based on competition.
1: Also, in a way to help teams who may be hosting, like I'm not accusing any team of doing this, but let's say like uh, let's say we're hosting the CDO and uh, we have to play MSU. We know MSU would be a tough team, so we purposely have them play three matches and then play us you know, so they would be more tired. They'd be dragged out more and it kind of helps us. So I figured a way to kind of keep a a mandatory break for teams. I really
0: like that. Yeah. I like that break. And I even go so far as to say like the break has to be 45 minutes to 60 minutes, like define that as the policy. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a really good policy to put in.
1: And the reason why I thought of it is because I remember at the CDO uh, Nebraska, Played four matches in a row, and that was only because they were pressed with time because yeah, they,
0: had they, a, they, they chose to do it, which I don't even think we should give the choose. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I don't think we should give them the option to choose because I think it's more of a health issue. And even though we have a liability waiver for the league, so anybody that plays has a, a liability waiver, I think it's still a little dangerous mm-hmm. setting ourselves up for eventually something to happen.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll think of something and <laughs> type it up. Well, because
0: there's even some of the rules, like eligibility and any of the team roster stuff. So like the whole section two of the rulebook, mm-hmm. I would rather push in a policy, um, than not have a than have a rulebook exception <laughs> based on that. But that, that goes way back to when we that was the only document we had as a league. So, <laughs> yeah. um. And then we'll touch really lightly on Felix's, uh, which is about the size of our game, or more like establishing a new division in the NCDA, but be like six on six or eight on eight or 10 on 10, alongside our 15 on 15 thing. And uh, he kind of labels out some of the potential rules. So, like 10 second shot clock or burden ball from Elite, which I think a burden ball will be a little bit better. Uh, best two of three um, keeping the balls the same 8.5 inch rubber um,
1: and the uh, court at, size the uh, court
0: size yeah it would be a half basketball court
1: mm-hmm. so it's doable you yeah, can 50, like 54 feet
0: um, long is the court that we're thinking about for like 6v6 or
1: an 8v8 um, which would work good it would be six balls Total, because or because oh, he doesn't. Uh, it up there. I, don't he think, did, I don't think. I don't think. that one. I feel like ten balls would be a little too much for six
0: on six. Oh, he just he's seven balls, so it's basically just o- overtime rules, essentially, okay. but on a smaller court.
1: Also, going back to a burden ball, in case people didn't know, it's burden ball is where the balls are the same color, or there's one ball that's a different color. Yeah. And... So you,
0: in this version, you would have six balls that are red. And one ball that is green, green, and the green is the burden ball. So like,
1: um, so if,
0: I, it's it's hard. I don't know. Well, burden ball works with an even number because they have six. They have six balls in elite, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's why there's the burden ball. Um, because whichever side has more balls has to throw. So if one team has four, the other team has two. The team with four balls has to throw until it's even again. And if it's even, with each team has three balls. Whichever side has the different color ball, the burden ball has to throw.
0: And one of our, our fellow comrades at DePaul, um, Brian F. and Brian or F. and Brain, I don't know. That, that was after my time. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's been proposing the burden ball for a long time.
1: Yeah, he uh, really likes the uh, burden ball idea rule um only, mainly because if a team has like all six balls and they just throw one they have to keep throwing until they release the burden on their side so it's kind of uh, yeah, a yeah cool it's, idea
0: it's so like uh i don't know to compare it to our rules like they that team is set to they reset the clock but they have to throw again so like i don't yeah. know it's it's a weird concept you got to look it up you got you to look up some games I you know encourage throw throw them some YouTube hits.
1: Yeah, um, if you just Google or YouTube Elite Dodgeball, you'll see especially Grand Valley. <laughs> they're they're very good at Elite. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, where do they go? Bear Jordan. That's
1: their, uh, Yeah. They they were Bear Jordan and then they are Grand, Grand uh, Dynasty. Yeah. Gr you know? Gr Dynasty. Those two names. So if you yeah just YouTube and type in Bear Jordan, you'll see all their games are pretty good. Um, you'll kind of see how the burden works. Glenn laid it out kind of nicely on the video with commentary. Yeah,
0: and... they, they used to have um, like a little stick figure rule book, video rule book, that I thought was really cool. And they distributed all the rule, all the elite rules, which I thought was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I don't know who made that, but whoever did was a good idea. Glenn probably for...
0: cut it up like he does everything. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's basically a little bit of, of Felix's proposal. I'm sure it'll be fleshed out and posted everywhere once he, mm-hmm. it's time to do it. Which I think, yep. I don't know, very tangently, I think as an organization, we kind of have to have two, two things going for college dodgeball. Because right now we're the only collegiate dodgeball association. And I think if we want to keep that locked down, yeah. we should have an opportunity for that monopoly to have two different leagues going. So it's not just based on 15 on 15, which is admittedly nice, but Sam Hiller brought this up a long time ago that uh, we might have meet our critical mass because of our 15 on 15 rule. Because we can't extend anywhere past uh, the Great Plains. But I think we should have two different divisions at least or give the people the option, or try to set it up at least while we have some momentum.
1: Yeah, and you know, I kind of agree with uh, Sam Hiller about how it's hard really to get more and more teams to keep joining, But and I feel like a good way would be, for example, if let's say a college league starts to form in the West, let's say like Oregon State University, you know, and we can help college teams that want to
0: play other college teams like you know, MSU and DePaul and mm-hmm. Ohio State want to play against each yeah. other. If that yeah. starts to happen, I think we need to pull them into the,
1: to the matter I was just going to like say something like if they play each other, just keep it like involved with like an NCDA say like, you know, if they start their own thing, be like, there can be a division of the NCDA kind yeah. of, that makes sense.
0: Just You know, bring them in. And like, it's, I don't think it, it's uh, we'll like we'll record we'll record those matches in the in the thing. Maybe we'll put them in, you know, a different standing system for, you know, mm-hmm. their rule set. And maybe we'll try to get, you know, other teams over in our area to play against each other against that rule set. You know, being inclusive will only help. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. Um, just because then maybe one day they'll play our rule set and like it more. And maybe whatever rules they have, we'll like. And we can make some new policies on that or
0: they'll come out to nationals and we'll have like a couple matches for that for theirs and then a couple matches for ours and
1: yeah i don't know there's a double double nationals yeah you can have two two nationals one with like one rule set one with another like one for one division one for the other division we were thinking about
0: doing jv teams this year but i don't know so like it's in the Constitution, we have to have a team gets a team gets four games over the weekend or something. It's four games over the weekend or it's defined as three teams depending on how you look at it. But I want to do two games on Saturday, one game on Sunday, which okay. would be the championship bracket, and then the two games would be your pool play. I think it works um, because we have, you know, everybody that's played at nationals. Or we'll be playing a nationals, we'll have a bunch of games on the record at least, you know, seven or eight, which is insane. And then we have a bunch of side stuff, or we have a JV match, we have a you know, we boost the all star game, have a bunch of stuff going on there. So,
1: I do also like, um, like on Saturday, if uh, having less games can put more focus on the captain's meetings which would also help uh these policies and rules being discussed because it's the only time that i
0: think a nice solid hour where we just you know we just you know discuss stuff as opposed to just sitting there and listening to me and felix preach about doing stuff for the league <laughs> or like some kind of like little captain's banquet um because that doesn't happen I, you just bring going bring it up they that doesn't uh we never have that many teams there at any event in <laughs> one location. So, so
1: yeah, definitely a great way, and then uh, kind of like keep the focus on not just you know trying to make, get a good seed for the championship bracket, but also making this league better. Because also, for example, like any of the like NCDA officers, they they don't go to every tournament. So let's say if something happened, you know, at the Beast tournament that no one knew about. Let's say a team didn't, like, mention it at all. They'll probably mention it during the captain's meeting of how they didn't like this certain rule because of this situation. And then we can talk about it.
0: Yeah. And even then, like, at that location, you'll most likely have a quorum for the executive board. So they can just go, you know, have a meeting on their own and have a decision-making thing going on, which is important. We, as an executive board, haven't had many meetings this year. But we still talk a lot in in our Facebook little thread that we have that I established a couple of years ago. Um, we should, as an organization, be having a lot more executive meetings than we can. And it's like frustrating when I don't know, I feel like we can't ever. I just want people to take a day off, or like you know, take half a day, and then schedule that time to have an executive board meeting. To me, like I have a lot of stuff going on, but my schedule is pretty flexible, so I, sh- I shouldn't probably shouldn't be. Mandating schedules for other people
1: on a side note, um uh, for any captains out there or any players, if you want to do like a team focused podcast, Ziggy and I have done that before, and it's always that's where, fun, yeah, that's where it's we fun. talked about Coach Dylan and Captain Bailey. Um, the sweetness, his nickname and the elite <laughs> is the sweetness. I know Wes. Like, so listen to the podcast if he ever wants to be on this. Yeah, uh... stop being
0: a consumer. Be a producer.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, listening to this right now. I'm sure he's <laughs> listening, yes.
0: Um, I guess we could talk about the different types of balls. I don't know. Let me put a question to you, Mario. Do you think the NCDA will ever change their ball?
1: Honestly, I think no. I think 8.5-inch rubber is perfect and ideal. I feel it is the best ball you can use in any dodgeball format, whether it's a big game like the NCDA or a small game like Elite. It's going to be great for pinching. Um, If people are interested in ever switching to, I I prefer not, but foam, or if people want to ever use stingers, which I also think is – Shouldn't be used only because of the injury risk with stingers, but yeah. I think the eight and a half inch rubber is best. So it's just something to talk about, but I highly doubt the NCDA will ever.
0: Yeah, switch. I, well, let's put it another way. Do you think we'll ever have a division where we have a ball that's not the eight and a half rubber? So, like, I, if, we, I, if well, we also would have to have a division first off, but a second division.
1: I could see that. I could see if enough people are interested and in wanting to switch, if we do talk about this and enough teams are interested in switching to like a hybrid ball, I could see there being a second division or even a third division if there's, you know, one division and then the second division with less people and then another division with maybe different balls. I can definitely yeah. see that.
0: I think it would only happen if we went super corporate and, you know, we were having college people that not necessarily college organizations play against killer, but college people, Uh, I don't know. That's a bad analogy. But if we had, if we went super corporate and we had to have three divisions, one was our legacy eight and a half, uh, rubber 15 on 15, our role set as it, as it evolves. Um, and then one for foam and then one for like hybrid small, um and those two would be like super corporate like you just like you have an event we don't give a grand prize because legally we couldn't do that as as like an <laughs> amateur organization but like sponsored ultimate quidditch kind of style going on but uh that's my thing
1: yeah i think it would happen like kind of like having like a uh... Big company like the Tositos, like the Tositos tournament or something like that, and it's just yeah, the phone. Or, yeah,
0: no, that and then like uh, a little bit like almost, you have the college division of like elite, and it would be like super corporate. Like you'd have these college teams, like the Paul Dodgeball would be, D Paul, D dot Paul, or you yeah. know Chicago, <laughs> Chicago Task Force, which is kind of what, uh, you, uh, United Kingdom Dodgeball
1: does. Yeah, with the different, like, leagues. They kind have, of
0: sort of... Yeah, they have, a, they have a college league together, but some of their eligibility requirements are not like ours. Like, you don't really have to be part of an organization. You just have to be a student there. And then, you know, they have that division. Then they have, like, the pro division. They have a high school division, but they don't call it high school. They call it secondary school.
1: Secondary school?
0: I don't know. I've, I'm bad. I used to know.
1: Tertiary school?
0: Well, it used to be higher education.
1: So primary school?
0: So your primary school was, elementary. You know, we, we, we don't need to go into it, but you know, in, in allegory to our typical American, high school, college, professional, local. So like the London area, dodgeballers will have like three or four teams and they'll have for whatever London, you mm-hmm. know, I, um, I could see that kind of bringing in and then like the NCDA would be an affiliate organization.
1: I can definitely see that. It's funny because somebody I know in the East Coast, they told me that they believe that they see dodgeball becoming a professional sport within like two years. That's like, quick. Yeah. I said the biggest thing is money, is if a league or any kind of organization can get enough money to bring yeah. interest
0: in. So like I've been following a lot of different leagues and unless they go super corporate, like NASCAR kind of style sponsorships um, with the banners everywhere and stuff like that, or you're going to be a little bit more earth (laughs) It's a bad term, but for Quidditch. Quidditch Quidditch did a really good job at expanding, uh, which helped because they were a major book. You know, they had a major culture tie-in already. Um, And I think Dodgeball... If it had to get big, it would have to be structured like that. Yeah, but you know, there's there's a going to be a horrible discussion about, um, you know, what rule book do we adopt for everybody? And the simple thing is just you take everybody in, you just be totally inclusive, and you have a bunch of, you know, four or five different rule sets that are standard across everywhere. They're kind of just you know, elite is a very simple um, way to that. They took common dodgeball rules and put them into elite into one single rule book.
1: Yeah, they try to like mix match a lot of different um, formats.
0: Yeah, and there's like little rules that are region specific. So like the West Coast has a rule based off of their play is uh, if you throw a ball at somebody and they block it back at you and the throwing team catches the ball, that player's out. You know, they, West Coast would just consistently sit there and, you know, block. And
1: Glenn, Glenn described it as it would be a catch on your team. And being that the courts are smaller, it's easier for that to happen. But
0: it flows into everything else. And I think if that's how dodgeball is going to become a professional organizations, it's going to be including everybody, but limiting play. Do you, do you
1: kind of get that? I, I, I got to get it. Yeah. And being inclusive. Yeah. I mean, kind of going off that I know, um, uh, sky zone, trampoline dodgeball, since being that sky zone is a big corporation, they're able to stream their games. And they have actually a lot of money involved. The only problem is I feel like it doesn't have enough interest being that a lot of their rules aren't too good. I mean, people, people cheat and their refs aren't too good. I know. I think task force didn't play sky zone, trampling dodge well last year because of the refs being awful and the players being worse. Um, so. That kind of
0: goes back to, I wanted to, I never got the time to, but I wanted to develop a, uh, North American, a group for dodgeball officials, which I still might do by the end of the year. I might just declare it open. I don't know. I wanted to improve refs across all of dodgeball, not just the NCDA, and try to get people to start paying their refs like a decent wage and build a population of official and veteran officials.
1: That helps refs care more about it.
0: Yeah, it's not about being paid and making money at it. It's just like being compensated just like if you're a designer designing a logo you shouldn't take that on commission well you shouldn't take that just your time is worth money and your effort and that's your artwork you shouldn't just be crapped on because you don't have any spine but you should just stand up for yourself like no it's like this is my my wage you know this is what it's going to cost and don't give
1: up but at the same time that designer shouldn't take like months to like make one design Of course,
0: that's that's the whole contract. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it should be you know they should take pride in their work. It's about being compensated for your work more than anything. Yeah, Um, that's the kind of the idea behind being an official. And like I, I've been spreading it around to different teams around the league and just like guys, you got to pay your officials. You got to put the money out there. You got to say, hey, we're we're supplying paid officials. Please come out. Please help us ref. We'll give you lunch your pay will be this. We just want you know a neutral official that's not just teams because it's really bad to rely on, on the team that's off. It's uh, just a bad decision.
1: I, I do agree. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone would do anything unprofessional. There was an idea that someone had of flying out uh, people from different regions of Elite to help ref another region's tournament. Because they are familiar with the game, they're unbiased because they're from a different region. It won't affect their team, and these are all new people to them, and they get paid for going to the tournament. So and I think that's
0: you know that's a totally we should do that. And I've been telling people just you know put it in your event fee, slap another ten fifteen dollars on, make sure you get one person to come out and head ref all the time. And I kind of did that for the MDC, and I was very fortunate enough that they they paid me um, a little bit extra money on their event fees, um, for the MDC to have, you know, to have another person there. And I was, I was there to work. I was getting paid. It's my responsibility as an officer of the league in general, but still I was very happy to get paid covered in my gas bill, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. It covered my gas, which is fine. Gas is so cheap now, but still. And it, another thing is I'll uh, give a shout out to, uh, Wisconsin Platteville when they had their invite with uh, the Xanderthon Xanderthon Throwdown, um, with with Xanderthon. So Xander is is one of the officers of Platteville, so it's the Xanderthon. I don't know. There's another guy in that name, but uh, they they gave cookies to all the teams and they gave cookies to me and Mike for refing coming out and refing, and it was like well it was like uh, muffin tops. But it was nice that I got a a baked treat. You know, it's it you should be paying your refs, you should be offering that money. If the ref doesn't want to get paid, that's fine. They can turn it down. We many times at nationals we have people turn down their payment, which is, which is like, you know, well give my ten bucks to Jude so he can go have a beer after it's done. That was one of our our comments, specific earmarks. Give ten dollars <laughs> to Jude so he can have a beer that was for nationals 2014 because jude
1: had a tough time uh yeah because that was that was in ohio that
0: was the ohio state State, one yeah which is it was a fine event it was just like people complain and they don't complain before in, in enough time for to make a difference for you know the officers to make a difference and change something i don't know
1: well i guess speaking of events uh we have Akron's hosting one, The War, I think it's called, right? No, it's
0: the, it's the ODC. They changed it up. Oh, they changed it They couldn't it up. get enough people. Yeah, so they're just hiring uh, or hosting the Ohio Dodgeball Cup, which will be ah. the sixth one in recorded history.
1: Wow. Okay, oh. nice.
0: That's next week. What else we got, Mario?
1: Um, we have uh, BW, Ball and Walls. Yeah, Ballin' Walls. and Walls. It just says event.
0: Yeah, they haven't named their event yet, uh, to, to my discri- to my angry discretion.
1: Uh, I think it's the same weekend as Saginaw Valley hosting an event.
0: Yeah, right? Um, they're hosting something, Another I haven't two. named it yet. I think it might just be two events, I think, I uh, can't remember who's going up there.
1: Um, also, Towson, Western Kentucky, and Maryland also planning events, end of March, beginning of April.
0: Yeah, a lot uh, of stuff going up.
1: A lot of stuff, and the DUI, of course, although that hasn't been announced. No, I don't, I don't
0: think that'll be. Nico said no. What? I, know, I, I think they had problems getting court space, which is always you know an issue with us. But uh, basically, they they were going to have the DUI at the start of the year, and then have the Chicago Dodge will open after. But <laughs> they didn't they couldn't get enough court space so then they just they were gonna have the dui i was like guys you, you can't yeah. just have the dui and not the cdo the cdo has you know, a nice like eight you know eight events in a row
1: yeah uh, i always told them how like when we first invented the dui the whole point was have the cdo it's an open you know all teams are welcome and for those teams that got left out you invite them to the dui yeah, no, it's, it's that, cool. that was that was the whole point of it being in that order and that's why the cdo has always been in january why break up that tradition
0: yeah i don't know they, uh, but they they managed to have the cdo they just i don't think they'll have the dui
1: that's and two years in a row now there's no dui i know well
0: i can't help the, i can't help it i can't do it i can only argue with them about ncda stuff and they want to do it it's just like the Paul won't DePaul, the university, will not give us space to do it. Go to the that one shady thing all the way over by the highway, in Logan Square, and have it there.
1: Oh, and yeah. Rent
0: it out. It's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. It's, it's cheap. You can do it. Yeah. Rent out the volleyball court. Play play at the volleyball court. I
1: don't know, Ziggy. Back in our day, we got stuff done for the <laughs> DePaul. Yeah.
0: I'm, I, I don't know, handled Lisa to Get the stuff done. Lisa, we need these dates. You got to make it happen. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm sure if they, you know, the traditional Chicago way, like if, if DePaul slipped a little bit of the event money towards the Ray, the Ray would push into their favor. But we will probably got to go with something free. But yeah. I'm sure the Chicago way, there's a way to give money somewhere to make it happen. Okay, so and then after those March events, I think Western Kentucky is having something. Yeah.
1: And, an and, and Maryland right before the end of the season. Um, cause nationals is April 16th for those oh, that yeah. aren't sure.
0: Same day. as uh, an elite event in on the East coast. That's we'll right. Be to, we'll be able to see you Mario. Cause you'll be yes.
1: there. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. I promised a team. I'm, uh, Yeah, no.
0: So nationals, I don't. If they didn't, if that stuff didn't sell out, I think some of our east coast teams would want to go there. I know UMD won't be able to come to nationals, so Maryland won't be come to nationals. So, but uh, the the thing sold out in like five minutes or an hour or something.
1: Wow! Something crazy.
0: Something crazy. The the registration sold out.
1: Hey, that's pretty uh pretty insane for so quickly to sell out. Yeah, it's Just, pretty insane. People are interested; they want to do it. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's the point where like you start getting more space, and then like have more registration because that's a lot of money. Not that like you know, Elite's pretty fair about giving tournament costs back to the league and stuff like that, and not not a lot goes to their organization, which is a very admirable thing. But. Uh, If more people want to play sold out, then there's a lot of people that probably would play. Maryland, definitely. A lot of those other East Coast schools that don't have like foam. They have foam teams.
1: And I know uh, the different divisions also, some teams may just want to do one division. And you can sign up for, I think, just one division. Of Signing up for just pinch. Although it's funny because in the North, everyone who signs up, signs up for both open and pinch. There's no one that just wants to do just one. Well, I feel yeah. like here in the it East. a little strange. It's, yeah. But, I mean, I think it was Gordo on task force who said, we're the only region that are crazy enough to want to pinch the ball every single time we grab it, while every other region is like they don't want to pinch. Yeah. Which is why in Vegas, actually, surprisingly, most of the teams that were left at the end were not only very experienced teams, but teams from the North region. <laughs> so, because we're the only region that focus more on pinch than anything else, yeah. but
0: it's fun. I I just want people to bring back the community dodgeball, not just <laughs> events. And I don't want to play competitively. I just want to play open dodgeball,
1: like the <laughs> Paul, or yeah. I just like playing, and doesn't matter yeah. competitive, Plane's open.
0: Playing's good. I kind of threw out my back. I threw out my left arm. Still hurts from guest night. I was trying. I was trying to impress uh, Nico's little brother.
1: You were trying to impress Nico's little brother.
0: Yeah, because he was like, I can't throw right hand, so I was like, I was throwing lefty to to match him. He didn't notice, of course.
1: <laughs> so it didn't work.
0: Didn't work, but I threw up my arm, so it could like for the I don't know, like ten minutes, I had my left arm sh- shrunk because I couldn't do anything. I was just standing still uh, at the side because I couldn't lift it.
1: The uh, netzels, Pretzels lefty hook. Is that what you, you hook
0: I did I did yell at lefty hook one of the times it worked well it, it works well but like I don't it's I don't know I don't know how to throw there that's why I threw out my muscle because I don't know how to do the motion
1: um, all right so I think we're we're good we're, we're, we're done here if you guys catch us next week we'll gonna talk about different um, throwing variations um, yeah it'll be next week's podcast and as well as a That's glimpse, like a glimpse to nationals, and whatever the Even else closer
0: to nationals. We'll probably have a bunch of teams that we know that are coming.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So a lot to talk about next week or whenever we do publish. I don't, I don't know how well we.
0: It'll, it'll, I'll publish it today. I'll just rush this one out. Maybe Mario <laughs> right. will do it for me. Mario uh, I'll, will do some editing.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll try my best, Ziggy. Uh, um,
0: all right. So I am Zygmuth Moni in very beautiful Chicago. It's like 72 degrees.
1: And I am Mario Romanelli right now in Long Island, New York. It is uh, 54 degrees, I, I think.
0: And this has been Average Joe's Podcast. Thank you all for listening, as always.
1: Thanks for listening to Average Joe's Podcast. Be sure to check out more episodes of Average Joe's on iTunes or our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Until next time, just remember the five D's of dodgeball.
0: Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Bye-bye.